Training camp is underway in Charlotte for the Hornets, and we've invited back our old friend, our old family member, Nada Edwards, is on the show, and we're going to be talking about training camp, but we're also going to be talking about our biggest takeaways from a media day full of delicious quotes. That's all ahead. Yum, yum, on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, because we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. If you are watching YouTube, then you can see our old familiar face, old family member, but only old in terms of our relationship, not his okay. age. That is so. Nada Edwards of the Ion College Basketball Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. And there's Doug Branson as well. He's old and new. He's everything. It's Doug Branson of EveryHornetsBoxScore.com. I have a baby. And, I have yeah. a baby. You age. It's incredible. I looked at a. I actually I did go back and watch an episode. Uh, for, it's a little over a year old uh, because everybody's talking about Gordon Hayward is you know teaming up with Bryce McGowan's getting him on the you know, uh, getting on the cold tub or whatever. And, and he's being a veteran to all of these. And I'm like, wait a minute. Didn't what, wasn't it like just a year ago when we got this Jake Fisher podcast, we went fishing uh, in his podcast. We aggregated him saying that Gordon Hayward was not a leader in the locker room. So I went back to find that podcast and I had the shaved beard and I looked like 10 years younger. And I'm like, wow, a baby really ages you. Like it just physically mm. It physically ages you. Love my baby. Love my baby. But it physically ages you. Right, you look professional today. No hat. Buttoned up today. Looks well, it's very training camp. You know, it's you know, big. A lot of eyeballs. A lot of ears on this show. <laughs> you know, got to look uh, professional. Yeah. Well, and those yeah. ears are listening to my voice with absolutely no juice after hosting a three-hour show <laughs> on WFNZ. You can follow Where's me on Twitter. At Walker Mail. Yeah, zero juice today. I thought it would be better to record the show even after the three-hour show because I have no voice whatsoever in the morning. So we're struggling. We're grinding. We're talking about Media Day. Speaking of Media Day, we have not received Nada Edwards' main takeaways from Hornets Media Day. If I were to give you top storylines, Nada, like number one, two, if you want to give us three, that's fine. What were some of the main things you took away from everybody speaking just yesterday at Spectrum Center? Least of all, the number, the like third biggest one, I'll, I'll go from bottom to top on this one. Number Great. three. Love a little bottom to top, yep. Yeah, so does everybody. But, um... Number three at this point, probably the book night stuff. The mm. James book night. He he sounds like a guy that might be turning a corner. And in the interest of wouldn't it be some Hornets ish? Wouldn't it be some Hornets stuff if James book night actually starts tapping into the ability? That's number three and creates a bigger log jam at the number at the two and three spots. That would be a surprise, but it, We've seen it before. Hello, Cody Martin. Number two, the big thing about Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier coming in, having monster summers, crushing it in the words of Steve Clifford. And then my number one storyline coming out of media days, easily Brandon Miller. Because Mm -hmm. I will ask you the question that I'll ask you, Doug, the question I texted you, and I'll ask you, Walker, for the first time. When's the last time we've had a rookie have this much buzz behind him, pun intended, 
like with just sight unseen because Cliff said it and Cliff doesn't normally wax poetically about rookies. We've had Terry Rozier say it. PJ Washington's been saying it for the better part of a month. There's been a lot of chatter about it. LaMelo said something. When's the last time we've heard anything like this? Is it time to maybe adjust those expectations up a skosh on a Brandon Miller at this point? There are, there are a lot of different ways that they could have approached this, you know, in terms of talking about Brandon Miller, because look, they had to talk about Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. They couldn't avoid it. He was the number two overall selection. If it's different when you draft a guy in the twenties, it's even different uh, going back to book night and Mark Williams. It's even different when you draft them in the late lottery or just outside of the lottery. It's different. You have to talk about a guy that was almost the number one overall draft selection. But there were ways that they could have talked about him that made you go, yeah, this was this was cursory. This was something that they had to do. They've got to talk about him. They said, you know, the shot looks good. Everything I've seen from him in Alabama looked great. You know, excited to play with him. But number one, it's it's not necessarily sight unseen because they because everybody's been back in the gym early and they did mm-hmm. get to play with him and they've gotten to see his game. And so you've gotten a, a lot of remarks of just like in-person accounts of, whoa, hey, this guy looks really, really good. But it's the words that they're using just knows how to play. You heard uh, LaMelo say in his uh, first camp interview today, smooth. He just keeps using the word smooth. And if a guy like LaMelo Ball and the way he plays starts saying this guy's smooth and knows what to do with the ball in his hands, I mean, you got to believe him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, when I was talking with with Terry Rogier at Media Day, this like it was more about the emotion that he spoke with Brandon more so than the actual substance that he talked about because the content can fool anybody. If you were to read a transcript, it might not sound all that different compared to things they've said about other rookies. Like that, that might be true. I, I don't know. I haven't checked the transcripts. But what I would say is Terry Rogier glowing, speaking about Brandon Miller discussing his pacing they continue to talk about how smart he is and all that but terry was as we were mentioning him was like you know in disbelief almost and talked a lot when we posted that interview on on our website like he loved what he was seeing from the second overall pick and i think that's the difference the other thing is steve clifford he told you he is going to play a significant role on this team right now he said he's he was acknowledging of the reputation that he has of not playing mm-hmm. some of the rookies mm-hmm. or the young guys. Mm-hmm. But he said that's, you know, if you deserve it, then you're going to get a spot in the rotation. And then he said, as we played that soundbite yesterday, he's going to be one of those guys. So Brandon Miller immediately going to play a significant role. I, uh, I, I, think- I, I, to- I totally agree. What I don't agree with uh, in terms of what Nada said was this James Booknight take. I mean, I just I think Booknight did, did what he had to do and go, goes out and says, look, I'm you know, I deserve uh, to, to be on the floor. You know, I deserve to be in the NBA. Of course. What else is he going to say? I just think it's too late at this point. I just don't I don't I- see I don't see him making enough of an impact at this point to get over the fact that he's failed to make that impact when he's been given serious roles on this team before. I would I would caution you on this just on caution you on, on just for this point alone. Okay. We do not know when Cody Martin is going to be back. We do not know when Bryce McGowan's is going to start playing. We don't there is a right now there is a open slot for someone to step in. If would not surprise me if James Booknight sees that as his last opportunity to make a point and at least show somebody that he belongs on an NBA roster 
And if that's the case, like I can see him taking the, this last chance and making the most of it and possibly sneaking back into this rotation and cr- making Cliff's job a little bit harder. My mind is open. My mind is open. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear anyone else talk about James Book Knight. And, and Clifford was given multiple opportunities to, to call out young players. And he called out Nick Richards. He called out JT Thor. He called out Bryce McGowan's before uh, McGowan's yeah. uh, rolled the ankle. He has had opportunities like he had last season. And he took he those opportunities last season or before the season got started to mention book night. He did not this time. So that's I would caution your caution with that. I'll also say this. Here's my biggest takeaway. The vibe, the vibe check is good. The vibes are all positive with yeah. this team. And I don't don't take that for granted because you might hear that and go, well, yeah, it's media day. Like what, you know, of course, no, 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 everybody's going like to come in year. and say playoffs and everybody's going to come in and, and be super confident. But look what's happening in Toronto. You've got Pascal the Rascal, Pascal Siakam saying, yeah, these are my teammates. Um, we're going to go try to win. And that's, I play basketball. Like, I mean, you know, it's just answering these questions. Like there's obviously something wrong in Denmark. There's obviously yeah. something wrong in Toronto. Okay. There's, I think the vibe check is there, but we still got to see these guys play basketball. We still got to see Fair. if these guys can stay healthy. And this team is still a team of ifs. If this guy, if if Miles Bridges can reclaim the, the game that he had two seasons ago, if LaMelo Ball's ankles can stay healthy, if Gordon Hayward uh, can can become a more efficient offensive player, just forget the health, if he can you know get back to where he was offensively when he first joined the Hornets. There's so many ifs. That it's like we're not going to be watching the Hornets this season. We're going to be watching the Hornets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like honestly, the, the biggest <laughs> thing. I, I, <laughs> I was like, lo- I was looking at Walker's face. I was waiting for the reaction, so and it was the exact reaction that yeah, I that I wanted. Yeah, it was. He may have lost the juice in his voice, uh, but he did not lose the juice the in that eye, eye roll. The, yeah, the side <laughs> eye. The side eye was. Uh, hey, listen. I, pra- I just want you to know. I just want you to know. I practiced that in the mirror so that I didn't say the hornies, the hornets. <laughs> I had to really make sure because I didn't want to say the hornies. No, I'm glad you avoided saying that on this podcast. Nice job. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more about the Charlotte Hornets and the Hornets and the off seasons coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We've talked a lot about the young players so far, but a lot of conversation at Media Day was about some veterans, including Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. They were back early. Does any of that really even matter? That's ahead on the Locked On Hornets podcast, but not before we tell you about our good friends at Ibotta. It's football season, FYI. I know the Panthers are 0-4, but it's still football season. So that means pizza. That means wings. Maybe a little buffalo chicken dip. Are you a uh, are you a tortilla chip in the dip or are you a celery stick in the buffalo chicken dip? Real quick poll. Walker, you first. I'm not lame, so it's tortilla chips. <laughs> but you get the Gross. fresh crunch, Nada. Tortilla chip, absolutely. You guys are crazy. Whatever you prefer at your tailgate, go all out and get cash back celery on every sticks. purchase with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce, like a good celery stick or a a carrot that you can dip into that savory dip. You get the savory and the crunch and the fresh. Anyway, produce to personal care to pantry goods so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and you get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your 
cash back to buy that flight that you've been eyeing, that game you're dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKED. More Locked on Hornets ahead. So when you guys were talking about James Bucknight, Doug, you mentioned how nobody else talked about him, at least at Hornets Media Day. And something I remember Steve Clifford mentioning specifically to James Booknight was about how important these summers and these off-seasons were. James Booknight needed to have a good off-season. No doubt about it. Needed to have one last off-season. Needed to have one this off-season. When I asked him what younger players stood out as having the best summers, he said Nick Richards comes to mind. Mm-hmm. He said JT Thor was second on that list. More Thor. <clears throat> he said Bryce McGowan's third. And then he said, but to be honest with you, not only this, and I, and I gave the caveat of speaking just about the young guys, mm-hmm. but he wanted to flip it. He wanted to talk about how Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier were the guys that really come to mind with having the best off seasons. Mm-hmm. Nada, we'll start with you. What do you make of Steve Clifford discussing Terry Rozier? coming back to Charlotte a month earlier than he usually does after spending his off seasons in Miami, Gordon Hayward, not spending time on the rehab table. Now he's actually healthy, ready to go. Seems like a pretty big deal for the vets. That is a very big deal, especially considering it, it kind of feels like two years ago with the whole Miami trip that everybody went on before they went 43 and 39. A lot of this feels very, very similar, except everybody came here. It wasn't, oh, we're going to fly everybody out. The coaches will have a little bit of something. MJ comes through. No, this feels a lot different. This feels a lot more, dare I say, adultish, mature. Mm. Like there's a maturity to this. And it also tells me that there's a lot of these guys, like anyone expecting a lot of, again, no Gordon Hayward or this team to move on and transition away from Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward. You might be waiting another year. You might be waiting another two years. Like at this point, it feels like whatever they're planning on doing, those two have are going to have a lot of hands in the pie, fingers in the pie when it comes to getting this team to basically be essentially what Clifford called this the most talented team he's ever coached. I like that you went hands in the pie to fingers in the pie. You you brought it back a little bit. You you yeah. you went you went hard at first and then you said not not the whole hand in the pie, just the fingers in the pie. Just the finger. Yeah, and and I also love the idea that yes, this is adulting. This is more mature because nothing says honestly, nothing says adulting like going from South Beach to South Boulevard, mm-hmm. right? I mm-hmm. mean, there's a, it's mm-hmm. a big difference. You know, it's Riddle. a big culture difference. Um, I think it's very interesting that everybody came back. Nearly everyone came back early. I think it does mean something, especially when you're a team that is desperate to achieve something. Like I think a lot of these guys are. I think there is a legitimate desperation for these players to do something while they're still in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. Yeah. It may, because they spent a lot of time here. Like Terry has spent a lot of time, blood, sweat, tears, minutes. So has Gordon Hayward. They spent some time here, and it would be nice to have something to show for it because I don't know how long, and I'm sure they have this thought in their head too, I don't know how long Terry and Gordon are for th- this this run here in Charlotte. This might be their last rodeo, 
And they they do they have pride. They do take pride yeah. in what they're able to accomplish. And I'm sure they've been disappointed with the results. Rozier talked about, hey, I, you know, yeah, I got career highs and points and assists, but whatever. It was like, you know, my worst year in terms of the the results, you know, wins and losses. I think it does mean something. I think it's interesting that Clifford is pumping up these two guys in particular because he could have he could have stayed with the young guys in terms of his praise. He could have pivoted back to Brandon Miller. He could have focused on LaMelo Ball, the guy that just signed a max contract. I don't take him focusing on Rozier and Hayward as a diss to LaMelo Ball. I take it as him saying, if we're going to have the success that we want to have this year, it's going to be players like Gordon Hayward that's on – you know, a contract year essentially battling for his last contract, or what well, could be his last contract. Yeah, and t- and Terry Rozier, who's been here a while. We we need those guys. They need to be motivated because Lamelo has all the motivation he needs. Yeah, after only playing thirty six games last season, he's got all the motivation he needs. Brandon Miller, same thing. He's a rookie and he wants to prove that he was the right decision at number two overall. No motivation necessary. Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. I'm I'm saying give them all the gas they need, baby. Let's go. You ask if it means something. I think it does, specifically for Terry, who does come back a month earlier from Miami than he usually does. And I think it speaks to what he told us just flat out at Media Day, that it's the most excited he's ever been to put on a Hornets jersey. That's what his expectations are. And when you're talking about him preparing, making sure that this moment of excitement doesn't go to waste, I think that means a lot coming from Terry that he didn't use this phrasing, but he spoke about it like it's almost another wake up call for him. Mm. We've criticized Terry Rozier about speaking about the lack of defense and not actually playing better defense out there on the court. But these young guys still look up to Terry. I mean, there still is this sense of leadership and it, it feels like that means a lot. Speaking of which, I do think you are talking about a transition in leadership because I asked Terry, is there this unspoken move to LaMelo Ball now that he got over 200 M's, as Rick Ross and Drake might say? (laughs) And he said, yeah. He's like, yeah, there definitely is. No doubt about it. When the organization invests in you over $200 million, we all know what it is. Okay. LaMelo is the same guy. But we all know what it is as far as who they invested in and who is now taking on what is an unspoken leadership role that is enhanced because of that contract. And I'm glad Terry was that honest. And honestly, I think he's refreshed by it. He's excited about uh, excited about it. He should be excited about it because that means it's less focus on him and less and more focus on the guy right. it actually should be on. But honestly, a lot of this, and I don't know about y'all, but a lot of this feels like no matter what happens, this team is probably not going to be the same team, same roster could, that like a lot of this feels not necessarily like series finale ish, but very much we are changing up the entire cast of characters after this season. Are you and last I, dancing us right now? Are, are, are there going to be a documentary, the last dance with this particular group? No, th- that would be like the last polka or the last two step. <laughs> it's something pathetic, but it, polka. But either way, like I do feel like this feels like there's a lot of change coming, and I think everybody in the building knows that. It's more of the last prance. It's not really the last dance. Um, I I would last chance really is what it is. Yeah, well, it's the last yeah. chance for Steve Clifford for sure. 
I mean, there's no doubt about it. If this team underperforms, not only Clifford, uh, and Scott Fowler wrote about this in The Observer. It's a rare time that I agree with Scott Fowler and something that he writes in The Observer, but well, you about like the Hornets. That. I'm sorry. About the Hornets, but, you know, I agree. Like, if, huh. they, if they underperform, and, and especially if they, I think if they underperform early, then, you know, it, it might be curtains for one of those guys um, Both. before the Both. season ends. And so, yeah, everybody's fighting for their job. People And, and people, listen, whatever you think about Steve Clifford, the guys that play for him, they love him, and they respect him, and they listen to him. Miles Bridges couldn't stop talking about the differences between Steve Clifford and JB, and they oh, were man. all positive for Clifford, and they were all <laughs> direct, shade, direct shade to James Borrego. So guys love Clifford, and they're going to play for him. You know, and so and that, sh- that should be encouraging to you um, as a fan. But I think this is the, the last opportunity for these guys, and it's not the series finale. But it's that situation that TV shows get in when it's like, you're not canceled officially yet, but you're pretty close. So you might want to go ahead and wrap up those storylines that you've been holding on to. I mean, Freaks and Geeks works for for this kind of squad, too. That's true. That is true. And you know what it is for Teo Maladon and Frank Nilekina? It's Last France. It's their Last France. Yes. That's it. And if they don't perform this season, then who knows? what their next role is going to be. I have to salvage my voice for good takes, and I decided to use it on La France and Last France. That is something that I decided to roll with. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. It is training camp. Training camp is here. The first day is in the books, and we've got a few interesting updates, including an old face suddenly showing up on the sidelines. We'll tell you who it is. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. All right, so we gave you some of the big Hornets Media Day takeaways. What are some of the camp updates now? Because we have official practices underway, Doug. What kind of information do you have for us? Uh, Clifford talked about LaMelo Ball, said he made a lot of good plays today. It's good for him. He'll get his rhythm back. He worked hard. Big rhythm guy. Steve Clifford, Clifford, monster rhythm guy. Love a good rhythm. Uh, he adds that Ball, this is from Sam Purley, by the way, on Twitter, at Sam underscore Purley. He adds that Ball has no limitations other than monitoring for fatigue, mainly working on getting conditioning and stamina back to where it was pre-injury. And LaMelo talked about that, too, either at camp or at media day, that he's still, you know, just like a, a lot of these guys that were injured last season, still ramping back up. And you want to be careful there because you don't want LaMelo Ball to go through anything like Cody Martin's going through right now. That would be yeah. an absolute disaster. Clifford also spoke about Guard Frank Nilakina saying, quote, he's an elite defender. He has an elite skill. Frank fits our team well to me. He's played a lot of NBA minutes. So Frankie Smokes may be uh, leading this backup point guard race. DSJ. Yeah, that's wow. what, I, that's the biggest thing I think I've come away with right now, especially from those quotes, is Sumner's probably not ready, not physically ready. I wouldn't be surprised to see him somehow land in Greensboro somewhere, somewhere like Hornet in the Hornets orbit just in case something happens. But Frankie Smokes looks like the leader in the clubhouse for being new DSJ, which is basically your league minimum backup point guard. No, he's DS Beret is what he is. I'm, oh I'm rolling God. with wow. it. DS Beret is what Frank Nilakina is. I mean, this is the guy, right? <clears throat> they bring in Teo Maladone. I think offensively, somebody that understands <laughs> the offense. Yes, thank you. I'm struggling like hell. This has been the yes. whole show. But Teo Maladone, offensively, is someone you trust more. I think defensively, you trust DS Beret a little bit more. Well, it's it's so it's so much about size and physicality, it, yeah. and and you know what's interesting is Clifford quoted multiple times saying this is the most talented team 
that I've coached in my, you know, 10 years in the NBA. And I think a lot of people, you know, took a step back and went, wait, really? I mean, you know, he coached a 48 win team with Kemba and Nick Batum. Big Al Jefferson was still on that team. He's coached another playoff team with the Bobcats, which I think you should get double credit for if you got the Bobcats to the yeah. playoffs. You should get even more credit for that. So how could he, you know, how could he say that this was the most talented team? I think this team, in terms of its size and physicality and the things that win in the modern NBA, this team is the closest team to that thing. Youthful, yeah. yes. Inexperienced, yes. Has some failures in that play-in, yes. But in terms of the model of kinds of players you want, that sort of like Toronto, everybody's 6'9", kind of mold, this is the closest that he's had. A center that is that can that is physical and can guard. Two of them. Two of, Two them. of them. Like, I mean, Clifford is in heaven right now is what I'm saying. Like, he is, he is basking in the glow of an organization that has finally given him the ingredients to cook the stew that he's always wanted to cook. I get I get you on that and actually the more you like you the more you like extrapolate on it he's kind of right and this may not be, like this at the end of this season we may be like laughing at how not close the talent level was from the 48 win team to to this team because again you got LaMelo Ball who's an all NBA caliber guy or can be with the right with the right kind of season you've got Miles who's there who might be there in terms of Mark Williams he may be that that good. PJ's, I want to, I might want to say he was better than Marvin in that. He might be better than Marvin in that season. And then all you got to do is make up the Jeremy Lin minutes, kind of, and that almost makes you a much better team than that forty-eight win team. I think we kind of overestimate sometimes how good that roster actually was, and there were just there were a lot of individual pieces that were really really great. This team, I do agree, can be special. It, it took me back when he did say this was the most talented team he's ever coached. That said, when you take a look, step back, it kind of makes sense. Well, and by the way, what what Steve Clifford is doing is a it's a great radio job, right? Because yeah. he's copying and pasting his take from last year. And we didn't expect because he said that before miles bridges, I got suspended. Right. right. And so, mm. so now you add miles now you add the number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Now Mark Williams is a year older, and the only guys you lose are DSJ and Kelly Oubre, both very close, if not, on the vet minimum. So Steve Clifford really is just going to the attic, bringing out that take that has a little dust on it from last year, and he's saying, I mean, this is the most talented team that I've ever coached in my 10th year. Now he just has to alter it. Erase nine, put 10, uh, most talented team I've ever had in my 10 years coaching. Yep, yeah, let's roll with it. Media day. Boom. That's what he's doing. Well, Walker, you better watch it, buddy. You better find wherever mm -hmm. that juice is that isn't behind your voice. You better get it soon because he's 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 got the radio staples down. He's coming for your job, buddy. Exactly. You better you better watch it. Um, and I think anybody could have my job right now and, and, and easily beat I'll me. I'll take it. Ass down. I'll there take it. Um, but here's, can we just stay here? I just don't, I yeah. don't want to start the regular season. I want to stay here in the glow of like everybody, like everybody's talking playoffs. Everybody's getting bigger. Everybody's stronger. Everybody's feeling good. We're getting back into the rhythm. Like I love all, everything is positive right now. Like I said, the vibe check is there and, and it's passed. And I just want to stay here. I don't want, I don't, well, I don't want to get in the preseason and have somebody stick their foot out and break somebody's ankle again. That's fair. But Doug, at the same point, like, Say what you want to say about this media day. 
there was a lot more sunshine and rainbows this year than there ever was last year. This, Big time. this, 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 like last year, you could tell from the vibes, even though some of us were trying to deny that there weren't, they, these vibes weren't there. This is a much more optimistic team. The messaging behind this and just the feelings behind this team are a lot better than they ever were at any point last year, which should tell you how much more competitive this team should be regardless. So I'm okay with bringing on the regular season. I am here to enjoy this ride. I think it'll be a much better ride than it was last year. And Patrick Ewing's back. That's the big reveal. That's the name. That's the player. That's the uh, coach. That apparently is is a coaching consultant has been high rehired by Steve Clifford. Of course, Patrick Ewing was the associate head coach for this franchise under Steve Clifford, and then went on to Georgetown and um, had some great sound bites um, asking people why they take that shot. Uh, so I hope he's on shot patrol. I just hope he's just walking around the practice facility. And anytime somebody takes a bozo shot, he calls them out. But Patrick Ewing's back. Clifford's got him. And look, if Clifford survives this thing. I mean, I would not be surprised if coaching consultant suddenly becomes just regular old coach again. Uh-uh. Not for a while. Now, I can that one. I actually have experience in. I, I have knowledge on that Georgetown contract goes for a while, guys. Oh, I see. He's I see. So be, that the consultant a- there is doing a lot of work. That's <laughs> yes, doing some contractual. Yes. You know, I love that a little wiggling. I'm always I'm always <laughs> down for a little wiggling. Yeah, just- so that's that's good contract <clears throat> wigglage right there. Just somebody make sure they're telling Pat Ewing that uh, it's okay for Nick Richards and Mark Williams to shoot threes. Like, it just don't get in their face and say, don't shoot that shot. Have you ever shot that shot? Like, they're going to be doing it a little bit more. So just don't yell at the centers. But, Last but, thing, but, Doug. Well, in all seriousness, no. I mean, Patrick Ewing, I think, can give both Mark Williams and Nick Richards some solid pointers because, like, you certainly don't want Mark Williams and Nick Richards exclusively operating in the post. You do want to see them expanding their offensive games. But, especially Mark Williams, I've seen so many good instincts down there. I've seen such good decision-making when he gets the ball in his hands. The question is, as he gets bigger, as he starts to be able to stay down there without getting moved, can he add a few extra moves to his game where he can be a little bit more efficient down there and turn – you know, 10 to 12 points a game to 14 to 16 points a game. I mean, that would be huge. And if Patrick Ewing can be a part of that, that's only going to benefit this team. Absolutely. All right, Doug, can you just hit us with the outro? My voice is so done. Can you just help me out, buddy, and just take one for the (laughs) The team? (laughs) All the juice is gone. Where's the juice? Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On NBA They've got all the top news across the NBA, across all the NBA media days. So find out what Dame's been talking about in Milwaukee. More on that weird Pascal Siakam situation in Toronto. It's all on the Locked On NBA podcast, uh, wherever you get podcasts, including on YouTube. Thanks so much, Nada, for joining us once again. We always appreciate your insight. You're very welcome. Uh, literally, I kind of invited myself on this one. So thank you for letting me in. <laughs> anytime, anytime, my friend. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back uh, tomorrow with more. Uh, Nick Carboni going to be on the show this week as well. We'll get his takes on Media Day. He did an exclusive one-on-one with Brandon Miller. So we'll find out what he found out. Thanks so much for listening for Nada and Walker. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Charlotte.